Welcome to the Venture 12 podcast, conversations to engage and inspire missional people. Well, welcome everybody to uh, the Venture 12 podcast, episode number 10. Uh, today I'm joined uh, by Mark, as usual. Hello, Mark. Greetings, everybody. Uh, and also, we've got a third person uh, co-hosting this podcast. Uh, so, Dave, do you want to say hello? Greetings, everybody. Oh, that's confusing. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> greeting. Um Dave's with us uh, because Dave's also provided the interview today. Um, so uh, he's going to be with us before and after in the reflections. Um, but uh, you've not been on one of the podcasts as of yet, have you, Dave? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, can you tell us who you are, uh, where you are, what's your context, what do you like doing? Yeah, well, um, well, I should say first, just to clear up that, bit of comedy i'm actually mark's brother so um so if you get confused with our voices that's that's why um but i am dave married to keris we are we're pioneering in southeast london in the borough of lewisham and uh yeah we yeah we do up to a fair fair bit of activity um and um yeah what do i like doing Crikey, yeah. I, I really like watching football. Mm-hmm. I like playing football. I like meeting people and um, like music. Used to be a music- musician. Still am a musician. But um, yeah, those are some of my interests. Cool. Do you want any more? Uh, no, it's good. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mark does, yeah. <laughs> I would like, I'd like to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Dave, before we went online, you tried to sell us some... Mugs from the 1970s. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, lo- lockdown, if, if you're familiar with that term, I don't know if you've been in lockdown in Sweden, but... No, we've not. You know, we've we've all had to throw our, throw our hand at new hobbies. Uh, I mean, I've tried gardening, so we've got a little balcony that's uh, flourishing in some way, but with regards to the mugs, I mean, this is, this is, this is gold stuff. This is, this is gold material <laughs> for all your listeners. But my mother-in-law and father-in-law <laughs> recently retired and uh, got rid of a lot of their Hornsey mugs and cutlery and not cutlery, but like their. We're on same. We're on same. You're showing us it. It looks like it is 19, actual 1970s mugs, isn't it? It's really retro looking brown. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've got a box full of it. So yeah. if, if you're after any of that stuff, and there is a market for it, um, yeah. get in but contact me through the podcast. people reach out to you? Yeah, all money goes towards my holiday fund. Wow. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not just mugs, is it? You've got kettles? Kettles, <laughs> mugs, plates, salt and pepper pots, water pots, um, egg cups. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Good. Oh, you're taking the bit now, aren't you? Right. If you're taking <laughs> no, the bit, no, no. we'll talk about it. Move on. This is this is great stuff, isn't it? Uh, first of all, Dave, you know, we're brothers. It's great to have you on the show. That's uh, good to hear. Yeah, and, and it is confusing because we've got quite similar voices. Mm. So uh, probably we, we need to announce ourselves when we're going to say something. Or I yeah, can okay. narrate. I can just add a says Mark on the end of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Well, you could you could adopt a different voice for the, this podcast. Me? That's not necessary. No. <laughs> sure. Oh, Dave. Dave, yeah, like a semitone lower. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard actually because what people what what people won't know obviously is that you being four years older than me, my my voice actually broke before yours, um, <laughs> and <laughs> so in a sense, you copied me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that ought to change I mean maybe if you go up you know a tone higher yeah, yeah. it is an issue with our family is that um, I mean we we don't we look fairly different but our voices are all similar 
yeah, uh, we, something we, in our family that just everyone has the same voice. Yeah, all right. Well, let's uh, move on um, from voices and crockery um, <laughs> and get into... Um, no, actually, before we get into what the topic is, which Dave can introduce and can uh, speak a little bit about the guest and how he knows him, but... Um, we we usually give shout outs based on feedback from previous episodes, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. We've got a little bit of an issue here, haven't we? That we're we're recording very very soon after our most recent release, which was the podcast on Phoebe, Apostle to Rome, with Paula Gooder. So we haven't actually got any feedback yet. So what I'm going to do is ask you, uh, invite you to make some up. Yeah, I think I think probably first say that we're a little bit hurt. Yeah. Uh, we've not had any feedback, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it has been has been a week. It's only been a, oh, has it been a week? Yeah, oh, yeah. We should have some feedback then. But uh, no feedback is good feedback. <laughs> I, I can make I'll make one up for you. Uh, yeah, Jan says she really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know Jan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me, me and Jan have got some history which I'd rather not go into to be honest <laughs> but she said she said keep keep it going oh. you're you're an inspiration and um just keep 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 it going thanks Jan uh shout out to Jan sorry what's her surname shout out to Jan Pan <laughs> <laughs> oh dear that's Shout good. out to Jan Pan. Uh, it's good to get some encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great with uh, some encouragement there. Thanks, Jan. Uh, but on a serious note, we haven't had any feedback. So if you have listened to it or are planning to listen to it, then just drop us a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd be interested in exploring more. Um, we'd love to engage with you there on the Venture 12 Podcast Facebook page. Or if or if anyone else has had any imaginary feedback. <laughs> yeah, if there's anyone else who's got any imaginary feedback on the podcast, then we'd love to hear it. Uh, oh, I, I think that's that could be a great feature. Imaginary <laughs> feedback. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, yeah, it could go the way, couldn't it? Yeah. People could use that for, for terrible things. Yeah. wasn't me who said it, it was, it was Graham, so don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. oh, All right. I just wonder if it's worth explaining to the listeners as well that if there's a, a change in um, atmosphere or it's a bit choppy, some of these conversations, it's because we've had to pause it a number of times where we've burst into uncontrollable laughter trying to get through this uh, little section, so please do forgive that. Um, yeah. So let's get into it. Dave, um, you, you've brought us an interview um, with uh, a guy called Johnny. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a bit who, about who he is, what the topic is, why why you kind of wanted to bring that uh, to the attention of the Venture 12 podcast listeners? Yeah. Um, well, I'll let Johnny, when the, he, he introduces himself uh, well. Um, but I, I, the, the, the question or the, the direction that I've... And the thought really behind the podcast was was about worship and and particularly with the particularly what it might or could look like for different contexts um, kind of d- during and i guess after just after covid um so Johnny Baker's a lecturer of mine he, he, he alludes to it but he he runs um uh, looks after the pioneer training at church mission society. Um, and is is oh, is pretty influential, I guess. Been doing this kind of stuff, kind of for for a long time, um, particularly with a kind of focus on alternative worship. Like he alludes to his church, Grace. But uh, as I, I think, just done that um, interview, I just finished a module with him where we were just exploring worship and and really it's been the question in my mind really from day one since we were given the opportunity to pioneer around here and um you know we're often kind of brought with our preconceived ideas of worship for those of us that are brought up in mainstream church music usually which is something that i've been really passionate about previously and led a lot of worship um and um yeah 
the, the the kind of question in my mind kind of really early on was like what what might that look like for people that are just not going to come to um hillsong and other churches that are around here yeah so if it's not that what what could it be mm. um and particularly with after covid where we kind of we've gone through so much as a, as a society this collective trauma um what spaces do we need to hold to help people connect uh with one another process what's gone on and and you know what places do we hold do we need to hold to enable healing god's healing in, in people and in communities so it's yeah it's it's uh, something i'm really passionate about actually great well that's how it's the tone really well uh, i think we should get into it now um so um get ready it's a great interview uh, and stick around afterwards uh, and we'll uh, have some reflections and put some uh, questions out there for you guys uh, as well so uh, speak to you soon Johnny, thanks so much for um, for being up for this chat. Um, really appreciate your time. Um, firstly, can you just kind of just give a bit of a, a background on you, I guess, kind of what you do, uh, what you enjoy doing, and um, I guess you're known for a lot of things. But yeah, it'd be great to hear about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've been around a while, but I've worked for the Church Mission Society for about 20 years. And the thing I do with them really is help connect faith with those outside the church in the UK, which is a lot of people. <laughs> so it's applying insights from mission elsewhere in the world, really here in the UK. I mean, if I had to say in one sentence what my life was about or what I felt called to, I suppose I'd say I'm an advocate for pioneers. So that means I, I love creative people that are doing new things, encouraging them, but I also sort of feel like I have a role Maybe this happens when you get a bit older, I don't know, in terms of advocating for them to the church as well. So it's that those two things. And then um, me personally, I, I love all things creative, really. So I, I do a bit of music. I've recorded over the years, photography. I like cooking, um, hanging out with people, chatting. Yeah, all, all things arty and creative probably are my um, sideline interests. And I... I do have a bit of woodland, so I also, in fact, next week I'm going on a three-day chainsaw course. <laughs> so there you go. That's a podcast for another day, maybe. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds intriguing. Um, you kind of uh, alluded to your, I guess, your pioneer and advocacy work um, and, your, and the creativity that's kind of, I guess, part and parcel of that or, or ought to be. Um, like the church is in a uh, well, I guess we're all in a really interesting time at the moment. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going to be aired, but it's it's Lent now, and there's a there's a roadmap uh, that's he heading out of lockdown and whatever that will look like. Um, but in terms of the church, um, we're thinking about worship in, in Venture Twelve and kind of what that might look like. Um, can you just kind of give a bit a bit of background in terms of how you interpret worship? Um, kind of how you work that out perhaps in your own context and and anything else you want to share yeah sure um i mean i think worship writ large is about the whole of our life offered to god i mean you know i like the romans 12 uh, 1 and 2 verse particularly the message translation i can't exactly remember what it says but it has a good spin on it i think it gives a bit of a fresh take but that offering of our whole life to god that's essentially worship how we live out but obviously it's also the God's people, communities of disciples, when they gather together, um, you know, expressing love, thanks, grief, uh, all of that longing and so on to to God together. So I think, yeah, I tend to think it gets used in both those ways, yeah. And, I mean, in terms of the church in the last year, yeah, I think that's been a really, it's been an interesting forced experiment, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's interesting because, well, it shows up a few things. On the one hand, I feel it's a little depressing because it seems like a lot of churches just sort of 
panic and then work out how to show online their services that they do offline. And it's just a very performative performative kind of thing, non-participative. But actually others, I think, have realised that they could change and adapt much quicker than they thought if they have to. So there are some good things coming out of that in relation to technology. But I mean, I, I've, I prefer the models where people have gone online and worked out how to be community and do relational things, um, not just the kind of sit there and watch the, the vicar in his lounge read, read the liturgy, which perhaps was a bit dull already. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that, 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 that sounds a bit negative. But. So yeah, I think he's thrown up some interesting questions and definitely some anxieties for people. Um, yeah, but I mean, my, my view, you know, you mentioned the pioneer stuff. Pioneers, I think, are naturally quite creative and adaptive anyway. So I'm not saying we haven't found it difficult, but pioneers tend to have quite a lot of community community connections and relationships. So I think they're very fast to be on the WhatsApp group for the street and helping with food for people who are struggling and, and all of that and making connections into the neighbourhood. And I... I mean, the, the latest lockdown's been difficult because you can't really do anything. But when you can meet with six people in your garden or whatever, I think for pioneers, it's like, well, let's get some people around and have a bit of food and light a fire and you can do that, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, interesting time. I mean, you're, you're involved in um, in a, a church expression, it's Grace, isn't it? And um, yeah. quite a creative setting um could you just kind of talk about how how grace has kind of adapted um how it's kind of um yeah tried things out trial and error is, is the name of the game at the moment but yeah it'd be great to hear about that yeah i mean we're a small community so naturally more the relational kind of approach i mean our pattern before lockdown would be that we would have a monthly thing where we would gather and do something creative and then different people do things in the month and, and so on. So yeah, with, with going online, we, we've done a monthly thing still using Zoom most of the time. We've tried Gather Town as well. Um, and yeah, we've just been experimental and I, I've quite enjoyed it, I must admit. I think we've come up with some good things. Some have worked better than others. Um, yeah, um, but they've always been, we've made a lot of use of breakout rooms and we've created a cafe in Gather Town so that, that whole relational community side can be done. And we've tried, I quite like the online offline blend. So we've encouraged people to go out in the garden and light a fire or light candles or use physical <clears throat> objects and things where they are as well as the online. And I quite like that mix. Um, and we've done some techie things like we create created a labyrinth that we did years ago actually in St Paul's Cathedral and there, there was an online version of it but we've we created that in Gather Town that was quite good fun you know people had little avatars walking around <laughs> but like I don't know sort of like the game Zelda someone said it's like <coughs> So, yeah, you know, there have been some things that are good fun, but actually one of the things that's worked quite well, and I think we might carry on beyond the end of it, is we've also do a monthly thing we call Gracelet, which is like a mini grace, <laughs> which is a simple liturgical thing somebody leads again on Zoom. But actually, middle of the week, to just connect in for an hour online feels a whole lot easier than going around to someone's house because people are a bit dispersed. So I think we'll probably carry that on, and actually planning meetings we may well carry on online too i think so yeah it feels like we've done okay i mean some people hate it the online thing they just don't want to engage so you lose a few people uh hopefully he'll bounce back in um so yeah and i think i think particularly for people who are their work experience is overwhelming in terms of being on zoom all day to then think you got to jump into that experience online in an evening it's just too much and i kind of get that i mean some days i feel like that yeah yeah so but yeah we've done okay that's great and um yeah it's just been so interesting i mean just i mean even just scoring for your facebook feeds and you just presented with you know so many different ways of doing things and different church services including the the the, the vicar in his in his library yeah. um but kind of with half an eye on 
the church and civilization returning back to some kind of normality uh, and with kind of with the kind of um, with a thought on the kind of missional church what what things do you think we need to be um, thinking about as as kind of I mean like lockdown has thrown so much to the surface hasn't it when you when you think of some real big stuff uh, Black Lives Matter me yeah. too movement you know more recently kind of kind of safety in the community that kind of stuff it's it's come to the surface so much has come to the surface and we've gained a lot but we've lost so much as well i'm just curious kind of what your thoughts might be with regards to work that we need to be doing now uh in terms of preparing spaces for for worship and holding space for for all that stuff i guess if that's possible yeah I mean, you know, the missional thing basically frames the way I think about everything. So that's a good start point. So, um, you know, I've always loved stories of missions in other cultures. And, um, you know, when when missionaries travel to, I don't know, you know, Africa, for some reason, is the classic place, isn't it? But, you know, thinking of um, like a story of a uh, Vincent Donovan going to share the gospel with the Maasai, which is one I bang on about a lot, I know. Um, but, you know, I find those stories really interesting because the, the challenge there is, is really in terms of good mission, how do you do something that's on the inside of Maasai culture and isn't imposed a Western way of doing stuff on them? And for that to flourish and go well into the future, it, it ideally needs to move to Maasai leadership over time as well because obviously they're the people that know their culture but there can be a great gift in the in the you know outsider coming in sharing sharing the story but it's this kind of tricky mix of what's the gospel to share and what's western culture and you know we definitely we historically we've overplayed the culture bits yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I find that really interesting and, and, and challenging. And I think the thing it helps me to think about in relation to the UK is, is one of my ways of thinking about it is that everyone has a, has a religious sweet tooth. So, we, you know, we've got used to ways of doing things that help us to connect with God. And we really love that. So I saw a tweet from someone yesterday that kind of made me laugh because I don't feel the same way, but I get it, which was someone saying, you know, when will the government sort out what the deal is with singing um, for Holy Week? You know, because I, I need to be singing. And basically that's, they love that. That's their their experience of how they connect with God. And if they can have a good sing with a group of people of when I survey the wondrous cross, do you know what I mean? That's like as good as it gets for them. And I understand that. <clears throat> um, but I think of that as a religious sweet tooth and we've all got that. I mean, maybe for me, it's sitting around the table with people and some ambient music and a couple of artful prayers. That's my religious sweet tooth at the moment. <clears throat> In terms of mission, the, the challenge is you've got to let go of your religious sweet tooth for the sake of the people that you are among. So for a missionary to go to the mass eye, they may love when I survey the wondrous cross or whatever it is, or, um, you know, I'm thinking Salvation Army for you, you know, a brass band thing or the mercy seat or whatever our loves are. We've got to let go of all of those for the sake of the, the gospel on the inside of that culture. Um, so in the UK, you know, it depends what stats you look at, but they don't seem to get any better. I, I think about 85% of the population are never going to come to our churches, however well we do what we do. Mm. They just don't, they just don't like it. I mean, <laughs> they're not interested. They, we may think the songs are great or what we do is brilliant. So somehow the challenge is, not not how can we do worship better to attract people to it we we need a whole load of people and this is the pioneer thing that are going to go and hang out in the spaces where people are 
and just be present with people and you, you know as best we can without being imposing offer the gift of the, the story of jesus uh, to them and prayer and whatever other treasure we we kind of have but in a way that we hold that lightly enough so where people respond to it it can be in and out of things that are unnatural yeah. and there's a guy there's a guy john taylor who i've done a bit of reading up on and thinking about who's a former um leader of cms who i work for and in his his book the go between god which is probably his best known book um he has this lovely phrase where he talks about the foreignness of christ or the at-homeness of christ and i and i love that idea that where where we're connecting with a community you know let's say where where you are in camberwell a uh, uh, a housing estate let's tell you that that estate culture um you know the way that that is presented or done when people gather the challenge is how can that when people bump into it feel like it has an at-homeness of christ so it feels like it's us this is our world this is our culture you know that's for me that's the adventure that's the quest when it shifts into that we're, we're on to something but you know, we're all addicted to our religious sweet tooth. So we want to, we, we think it's great. So we want them to come and have our taste and our culture. And that's as much a challenge for me with my arty, you know, postmodern London group as it is for a traditional Anglican church or Salvation Army brass band. You know, they're all different tastes. And to be honest, we've got to let go of a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, and I think that's kind of one of the, I would say, particularly from from certainly from my early days of pioneering, where you know I was brought up in this culture and led worship for a, for a long time, and yeah. then um, yeah, to kind of let go of that, it can be quite um, can be quite a hard process, can't it? I yeah, I think it can. Yeah, I mean, I was the same. You know, I led a worship band and led worship at Spring Harvest and all that. I mean, we, you know, we were trying to do alternative things. And I think it's great. You you absolutely want in the church for young people in it and all the rest of it. You want passion and that, all of that stuff is great. So I think it's both and. It's not like everybody needs to stop that. They can have some stuff when they gather. But yeah, there is a there is quite a painful process if you've been at the heart of that, of risking letting go of it. Because partly people think, What's the matter with you? You know, I mean, I, this sounds a bit extreme, but I sold my guitar. <laughs> I gave it away and I didn't get a guitar for 17 years. I mean, I was like, I've got, I've just got to get out. I've got, wow. to, get, I've got to let go of this world and find another voice. <laughs> I've got one now and I play it most days, but I don't tend to play worship songs. <laughs> Be a bit of a blow for some of the Salvation Army churches when they find out their ministers sold all the instruments and come back. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I think. Um, yeah, there's there's that loss, and I certainly kind of felt. I wouldn't say it was lost, but um, kind of there was a hole, uh, and 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 then I can think the more you immerse yourself with the people that you're in that hole starts to get filled up with stuff yeah you didn't see coming um and um and i think that's i think gosh that's that's the certainly the story of our finding um and in certainly in terms of worship we're doing things gosh we never we i haven't got a clue about to be honest from other yeah, people no, that's great i think i mean the challenge with that is that when you go into a new space there's a it's a long it's a long wait because you think will there well a will anyone ever become a disciple in this community and will there be a community of disciples and will there ever be prayer and worship but you know meantime you don't want to impose the other stuff on them and that process you know it can be five years or something yeah so it well, it can be quite a big space that you're in. I mean, it's not to say when you're on your own, you can't do stuff or go off to something. But yeah, I think it is it is a challenge. But it's exciting when you begin, you know, the stage you're in, where you begin to find some things that feel like they resonate, they fit with the culture. And, and you know, 
I think in your case, you've you've found some bits of treasure in the from a different places in the tradition. So you find that the, some of the contemplative stuff people can relate to if you connect it with the local culture. And I mean, I, I love that kind of creative adventure side of it too. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all it's all very interesting, and I think um, kind of this 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 group Venture Twelve, which which this podcast is for, is all about people kind of. Uh, working out the mission, kind of the missional journey that needs to take place, but and, and it was particularly underpinned um, by Phyllis Tickle's um, kind of uh, well, I don't know when she wrote the book a long time ago now, but talked about this great emergence and yeah. the church going through this. I think she called it a rummage sale. That's right. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember that book. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's this kind of um, thinking of gosh, what what do we need to keep and what do we need to leave behind. Um, and I'm just keen for you, um, the church worship kind of what, what sort of conversations do we need to be having with ourselves with regards to that? Because it's, you know, we've talked about it kind of perhaps being quite painful, but um, yeah, any kind of, kind of uh, wisdom into that? Well, I mean, the, the, the way the Church of England has talked about it, which I, I actually think has been pretty helpful for people, is to is to um, say that we need a mix. A mi you know, the two terms they've used are mixed economy and mixed ecology. I mean, it seems to have now, ecology is the trendy thing. It used to be economy. Um, and I think the thing that's helpful about that is to say that not everybody has to change. Not everything has to change. That's totally fine. But we do need some new stuff. We need a mix. And actually, the new tends to go better if you sail off the edge and do something new that doesn't mess with the existing sacred cows you know the sunday morning congregation i actually i i have a reminder of this behind me is a sacred cow that's so that when i look at that i think what sacred cow do i need to slay today <laughs> <laughs> so but i think that i think that's important to say that you, you know take the threat out of it for people it's fine if there's some things but we absolutely need new things experimentation innovation and and i think the biggest challenge for the church and um I keep quoting this, the, the guy who was the my last boss at CMS said this when he left, that the thing he felt he'd learned through CMS was about imagination. And the biggest challenge facing the church is a lack of imagination. And that really resonated with me because I think we tend to think, oh, there's not enough money, there's not enough this, that or the other. But actually the issue is as simple as you know, letting go of our defended ways of doing church and our defended theologies. And then the imagination challenge is simply thinking, you know, Camberwell housing estate, this group of people here, the gospel and the tradition here, how can I play with these things? What, what's the imaginative quest and challenge and see what happens and respond and adapt? And, you know, it's not an easy challenge and the same for the other venture guys whatever their context is it's that imaginative thing but we just got to let go of feeling like the church has to be so defended about the way it does stuff or the, what it believes you know it depends what tradition you're in what what you're defending but there's always someone defending something yeah <laughs> it feels like you know so and that that's why i think the advocacy thing is important because whether it's the Salvation Army, the Church of England or whatever, you need people that are going to advocate for people to do new stuff and say, come on, let's get some experimentation. Let's protect these guys. Let them do what they're doing. They've got a heart for the community and mission. That's what the Salvation Army or the Church of England is about, should be about. So, you know, so those advocates can be really helpful and important in the, in the system, I think. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think really resonating with the with the imagination thing, and and <laughs> I think like uh, when I when when we first started pioneering, um, I remember having a conversation with a with a minister, uh, and he was just really like, there was a concern in his face as if to say like how are you going to worship with with these people? This is like like two or three months in, and I think um, particularly particularly with worship, um, I mean that was always my question. Gosh, how how are we going to do this? Uh, but with regards to imagination and creativity, it's it's a muscle, isn't it? It's like um, it's a skill that we need to kind of refine that that kind of. Um, yeah. You know, I was walking with my kids to school this morning, and my little girl was just in a world of her own, and I dare not break 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 it. Um, 
because you know she she was just thinking and imagining stuff um and somewhere along the line we kind of get told not to do that anymore um yeah i think yeah it's primary school and infant school kids are full of wonder and imagination i think and secondary school something happens (laughs) (laughs) gets knocked out of you so you have to recover it yeah i mean i think yeah, I completely agree about creativity being being something you exercise, and the more you exercise it, the more it grows. I think, or another way I think about it is as air. You know, so you need to be in environments. Or I love this where I'm around people, uh, um, idea. You know, they love ideas. It, you just get excited. It rubs off on you. You can't think, oh yeah, I love that. I love this. And I've. I've been fortunate, I mean, maybe through Greenbelt Festival and Alternative Worship and all these other spaces, I've just always had loads of friends who are so creative and interesting. And But when you're around that, it's and I, if there are families like that too. I just love being around because they're just creative, you know, and it, it's kind of somehow we've got to get some air like that around the place but sometimes it, it does feel when you go to church that is not the air you're breathing you know you've got to try and find a room where you can get a bit of air yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not natural which is a shame because i think i mean i actually did a did a youth ministry thing um yesterday uh, online and i did a I did a sort of opinion poll thing and one of the questions i asked them was does god play and I mean, most of them said yes, so that was great. So they had a theology of God being playful. But I kind of think, you know, the creation is, uh, a friend said this to me, creation is the result of God's play. And I thought that's a really fun way of thinking about the, the world. Um, but you, you sort of think, well, the church should be the most playful people on the planet. But I don't know, we're not quite. <laughs> yeah. That's not what's written above the uh, the church doors around here, I don't think. <laughs> people, people want that, don't they? I think, yeah. I mean, lots of people do. They want creativity, imagination and ideas. And, yes, yeah, so I think we, we really should be trying to in- dive into that and celebrate that. Um, but, yeah, it's not easy for people. Yeah. Um, you sit at a really, um, in a great chair in, lo- in lots of spaces and you're connected to a lot of... Um, pioneers and people doing new things but kind of just off the top of your head can does anybody or a group or a place kind of spring to mind when you think of all the things we've talked about this morning kind of kind of the missional practices the kind of stuff they've left behind and the playfulness that kind of stuff yeah i mean i i think i think stories are really really helpful so it's good to good to dig some out and um if people want to find a few we we post some on the pioneer website on the blog so the very latest article i absolutely loved um and it's a guy kevin collier who has done minecraft church now i've never i confess i've never played minecraft so i don't know much about it but essentially what happened was that when church went online he was in a church where essentially uh, and he's part of the leadership they, they did the performing thing. So the vicars, you know, did the liturgy online and people watched it on YouTube or Facebook. But he's got kids. So I don't know how old they are. I would imagine early teens or something like that. And they hated it. So he couldn't get them to engage with it at all. So he was thinking, well, them and the youth group, this isn't working. What should we do? Well, a lot of them are into Minecraft. So he just started messing around on Minecraft and created, first thing he did was a Chris Dingle thing. Um, around Christmas but essentially they're now running a weekly thing on Minecraft and in Minecraft as I understand it you know it looks a bit like Lego you build all these things and they you know they had a temple they built and Jesus overturning the tables and smashing the place up and I don't know it just looked really really great but it was a simple you know just came from a simple question of thinking what what am I kids i don't know how old they are into what are their friends into how can i connect stuff with that and he's got about 30 people joining that every week and there's a community around it and so on so that'd be one story that that i think of another one i really like just because it's i don't know it's just quirky is um adam who's a student who trained us on the ma he, he used to, he's a kind of a petrol head, I suppose, and used to be an engineer. And then he, he trained and got ordained. And I think he's missed that whole world of design and cars. So 
he he ended up setting up a thing called Revs, which is a bit of a cheesy name, but I kind of like it. And I mean, essentially, he just has a, a gathering. I mean, obviously, in lockdown, it's been different. But for people who bring their cars along, you know, like a car meetup, and he, there are now four, I think it's four communities that are fresh expressions of church called revs and people meet and they tinker with engines and but the whole theme in terms of theology is about restoration because you know that's what old cars are like how do you restore things and then during lockdown he ran an online thing for for people called revs limiter i think and He's, he's had about 6,000 people join these weekend things that he's run. He's, he's got this whole, like, subcultural world of car lovers who are missing their meetups. And um, and it's it's not that those festivals, they're not Christian things. They're just a space where people are talking about cars and whatever. But he's like the chaplain to that community. So he'll, he's written blessings for them and he runs things online. So, you know, it's a simple... All he's done is pursued, he's noticed there are people in his community who are into the same thing he's into, connected those passions together and come up with stuff. And it's all around restoration and cars. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, so I think stories like that are good because they, what they, what they don't say is, right, we all need to get a car club together. I mean, I, I have got no time for cars whatsoever. That would be hopeless for me. Do you know what I mean? But what it makes me think is, Oh, what am I into? What are my friends into? How could you gather around photography or, uh, you know, whatever it is? So, yeah, I think stories are great from that point of view. They spark your imagination. Yeah, it's, it's just really great examples of, of um, starting with mission rather than starting with worship or your preconceived ideas of worship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm working on this book at the moment, so I've been collecting a few stories. This, uh, the book's called Pioneer Practice, and one of my favourite images in it is, I mean, there's just some illustrations in it, and there's a boxer in it. And the, 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 question, the question is, how do you do church for people that want to punch stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, that's one of our pioneers, Dave Harrigan. That's the thing he set up is around boxing. So he's done things like run this is pulling something out of the tradition compline which is like a late night quiet prayer thing in a boxing ring so you just set up prayer stations people go to the corner of the boxing ring he rings a bell there's two minutes where you engage with that then when the bell rings you move to the next corner and you know so forgiveness is like a boxing sponge you wash yourself well i mean i don't know what the things are but you know again it's i love all that it just yeah. <laughs> simple but and the, the lads love it but i mean are they gonna love the sunday morning at the church there probably not it's not their world so yeah it's just, you know it's imagination isn't it and it's fun i mean those kind of things are really good fun yeah yeah oh they're great stories um, and we can we can um check those stories out on cms blog is that right yeah, I mean, we we do, yeah, uh, Helen does an interview with someone at least once a month. So if you scroll back through, all of those stories are on there. Yeah, it's part, if you Google Pioneer Church Mission Society, you'll find the website. And yeah, they tend to all be in the blog, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, Johnny, finally, um, really enjoyed this conversation, but um, I just wondered if um, what your hopes might be for the church as we kind of bees out of lockdown and... Um, into some kind of normality what what were your hopes for the church um be um i mean i think some churches have found it really difficult you know and it's been hard so i mean i hope that when those churches are able to meet together they they feel the love and you know there's just an enjoyable gathering and being community and for those people that want to belt out crowning with many crowns and feel like they're in heaven i mean go for it do you know what i mean good on them <laughs> so i hope there's just a joy about people being able to gather and meet in that way but i mean i think the bigger question that a lot of people have said is that we have to learn from this experience and it would be a shame if we just go back to what we did before exactly the same without taking some of the insights from this i mean my hunch is a lot of people are just going to go back to what they did and do it again, but who knows? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think my, my hope would be that there is that imaginative question about how you connect with the people in the neighbourhood and in the community that, 
you know the the connections that people have made with neighbors through whatsapp and you know the food bank type things or whatever other things people have done they they, they focus on on that and i mean the church of england has a, vi uh, a vision or i don't know what you call it really where their hope uh, would be to see a, a new contextual community in every parish in the country. Now, that's a big vision, and they're, they're a long way away from that. But, but I quite like that as a hope, that where people come out of lockdown, it's kind of, well, how can we think about the people around us and the communities around us, and it, uh, can we do a bit of experimenting, and are there a few people we could get together to have a bit of a dream about and, and think about, oh, well, let's let's try something new, try something different, go and hang out in a different space, see what emerges. Um, so I'd love to see more of that. Um, but I, I think a lot, it's in the Church of England, a lot of dioceses are, feel like they're under pressure financially. So if I'm brutally honest about it, I think if anything, there's going to be more pressure on the mission stuff and the pioneer stuff. They're going to, they're going to cut some of it, you know? So we, those of us who are into that, we've just got to find ways to do it anyway and resource it differently. And, and again, it's the advocacy thing, try and say, look, we have to kind of have this new stuff going on into the future as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, those would be a few thoughts on it. Um, um, Johnny, thanks very much for this interview. It's been really great. Thanks very much. Oh, no, it's great to see you. Thanks. Dave, thanks so much for that really interesting interview. Um, what was it like to talk to Johnny? Yeah, it was all right. Um, yeah, I, I've, I mean, he's. So I, I've been studying at Church Mission Society for the last couple of years, and um, yeah, he's he's just he's just a really good person to to chat to. Very seems, open. Yeah, seems it. He seems really interesting, doesn't he? He's interested yeah. in fires. Yeah, <laughs> Talks a lot about in, fires and yeah, he's like just a person that's just got a lot of things going on, and so that there's always multiple things you can talk to him about i guess but um yeah he's always always i always i always uh, I, yeah i always find it helpful speaking to him anyway in this in this context yeah more so because the focus was on something that yeah. obviously i'm really interested in he's laughing a lot though wasn't he as well he seems quite a uh, chirpy <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and that's it's it's good isn't it i i, I think it's sometimes we didn't take these things really really seriously but i think yeah. kind of poking fun at ourselves is is always a healthy thing to do yeah well, he alluded to it as well didn't he in terms of talking about the churches not really being recognized as a playful thing that's obviously got to start with people who are in leadership <laughs> positions as well yeah 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 no it's good fun yeah no it's good well we, we just to press on with the time um really you know what we do in this second part is always ask you know what was what grabbed you and what you think was important for us just to kind of home in on from from that interview and what johnny said and uh, just direct one at you dave you know your first kind of what would you like to say uh what was your main reflections yeah there's lots lots to um lots to pull out really i think there was there was a few areas that stood out to me i think the first the first thing that he that jumped out to me and I like the term was this kind of got, got to identify and get rid of your, your, your religious sweet tooth. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's quite a, that's quite a hard thing to do. And I think I was kind of saying to that probably not in a very clear way, but um, yeah, I think as, as, as pioneers that go in, go into context that don't go into kind of force our ideas and what things should look like straight away, if at all, but if we're able to identify kind of those sweet tooths, whether it be um, whether it be like worship, music, um, you know, com contemplative prayer or whatever, we, you know, identifying that and kind of, yeah, saying getting rid of that. I don't know how you guys felt about that. I was wondering what mine was when he was talking about it. Actually, what is <laughs> Yeah, I think it, well, I think it's changed, interestingly enough. Um, 
so I, I've ne- I never really identify with, well, I say I'm ad- adaptive, but I definitely, my sweet tooth now would be contemplative prayer. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Whereas before, like maybe five, ten years ago, it was a, that, you know, contemplative prayer was not something I really, really, I you know, entered into or even knew existed really. So uh, yeah. that would that, be my preferred kind of how, how I'd love, I love experiencing God and stuff like that. So and he said there's nothing wrong with that but she's recognizing it isn't it and 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 yeah and and does that come um yeah where did that come from is that come from just being in context um or is that just something that you yeah how does that come about yeah i don't know i think he talks about sometimes the air you breathe or the circles that you end up moving in isn't it and the cultures that you end up uh dwelling in that that shape you um yeah. All right. What What about you, Dave? Religious sweet tooth. Um, well, I I, th- I certainly think, I, I, and actually, it was kind of, um, in a sense, driving my my curiosity in terms of pioneering at the time. But obviously, got a bit, bit of background in lead, leading worship, drumming, and singing, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think like in more recent times, particularly over COVID, to be quite honest, where we've been trying to figure out with our community, how can we, how can we do uh, spirituality, Christian spirituality at this time where we're all locked in? Um, like what the area that I live in, Deptford, South East London, has got loads of street art. It's quite famous for, you know, like really impressive street art. Um, and within our community, we've got, got a lot of artists, a lot of professional artists and um um, so like we decided to do like uh, kind of a series called landmarks where we would kind of do meditations on these big landmarks in Deptford and kind of connect them with uh, Christian spirituality, Bible verses. Um, and I've, I've, yeah, I'm not really, it's been good for me to be quite honest, obviously having a music background, mm. um, that's, that's kind of where I've connected, but with art, I'm kind of all over that at the moment, like really like the contemplative i struggle saying that word sometimes but it's just a tricky one but yeah like really into that and and i think it's yeah it's the air it's the air i'm breathing it's it's the soil isn't it um that i'm that that we're in and amongst at the moment and it kind of makes sense you know and it's making sense to people and and people are really kind of responding to that and i am as well so like walking past these landmarks now i'm like oh yeah yeah that's we did that last week and so yeah that's been um that's my really do i have to get rid of that one now <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah yeah you do yeah. oh no no <laughs> <laughs> what other things dave do you think were worth like just bringing up again highlighting they're important yeah. for for us to be reflecting on i think um I think yeah, the big thing was was about imagination. Like the church's biggest problem was was the was its lack of imagination, mm. um, and I think that is really accurate. I think it's really accurate, and it's not. It's you know, I, it's not judgmental uh, in that sense. But I I, I think if any any we kind of had this chat about kind of our imagination being this muscle that we exercise. And I think again, like yeah, we've we've been surrounded by so many creative people. You can't help but just spark ideas off one another, and you start thinking outside the box. And I think when you start doing that with with really interesting people, people that are not not churched or um, you know don't connect with that side of um, kind of spirituality, I think you start kind of delving into some really interesting spaces. And mm. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that totally resonated with me, um, the the imagination piece. What is imagination? Is it like, is it just visualising the different possibilities? Is it dreaming? Is it, how do you get outside the opposite mindset? Because if if we've got that deficit in the church, I mean, we've grown up in inherited models of church, which have been pretty similar from place to place like from context yeah. to context you, you know you drive down the road you get the same <laughs> the same like hour and a half service you know uh, so how, you know just what 
what does it take to make that journey? Uh, I, I mean, it's pretty corny in some senses, and I can only speak into my own my own um, situation. But it's in community, like we, <sighs> yeah, it, it, it's it's um, for us just being surrounded by people that think differently to us that have different experiences of life of culture of cooking chicken like when we um <laughs> um that sounds a bit random i know but like we're really diverse area where we live um and um one common thing apart from the vegetarians shout out to all the vegetarians and vegans common thing up and down our high street there's all sorts of restaurants uh, they all pretty much cook chicken um stay with me people um, but cook it very differently and add loads of different spices and loads of different stuff into it. And I think, like, um, <laughs> I could use the analogy of my mum's roast dinner here. Uh, that's all listening. I ever knew of cooking chicken. I love that chicken, mum. I'm looking forward to getting back into your house when, when, when that's allowed. But uh, it's just, like, no, gosh, going down a road here that you're probably going to have to edit big time. But, like, when you immerse yourself in culture and different cultures, you just learn different ways of thinking and, mm. you know, in this sense, cooking, <laughs> worshipping. Is it, like, I mean, like, we, it's maybe quite helpful just to... It sounds like... Can we talk you... about chicken a bit more? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we could do, but... Um, what I was, what I was going to say is, uh, in terms of, like, theological kind of, like... Um, and maybe a, a posture of mission. We're talking about in, in some ways it's connected to having an incarnational posture, like in your community, isn't it? It's like diving into the community, so it, it colours you as much as bringing our thing <laughs> yeah. to the community. Yeah, we've already decided. Uh, yeah, and he alludes to that to to a, the, the story of I was going to say Jason Donovan. It's not Jason Donovan. It's Vince <laughs> Vince Donovan. Goes goes to Kenya tries to set up church in his in his traditional way the way he's been brought up um um doing stuff and worshiping and no one comes and it's not until he get goes out of the, the compound and hangs out with the masomara that he, he starts working out you know what what connects um and i think in the end he connects them with um abraham that being the nomadic um and they that, that's they're in the, the kind of that common ground where they're able to connect with because you know Masamara nomadic tribes so yeah I kind of really like that story um that kind of background but yeah it's when we when we immerse ourselves in in the in the soil and the people around us we start seeing different colors different shapes and um and I think if you're willing to let stuff go you know get some dentistry done on your religious sweet tooth yeah um it leaves space it leaves really exciting space for you to kind of explore what God might be yeah. revealing to, to your community and to your people, um, and you do it together. I think that's really good, David, especially the space part. I've not really thought about that, but that the, the lack of space is sometimes the, in, the thing that prevents the imagination from being released. And, you know, some of our forms of church, we've been so busy or so yeah. full up doing our thing. Yeah, where do you artists know, you, start you, from? You, start you, from you, a blank. <laughs> yeah there's like no space to actually imagine we could do it differently and maybe it's a space thing as much as it's a, a mindset yeah. thing yeah i don't know dave i think that's um really important what you've just said just that whole thing about kind of going and um yeah it, or mark maybe said it instead but just the incarnation just going and being part of something rather than taking some taking an event or something like that i'm just wondering what's the pain like what where 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 could the wounds come from in terms of like leadership and churches that already exist to kind of where where does the sacrifice happen yeah i guess i i guess it's painful isn't it like you know if 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 your only way or one of your only ways of connecting with God and, and feeling good about that relationship is singing, you know, and actually that's something that COVID's taught us, isn't it? Like it, for, for lots, for lots of us, you know, the, I know within the church of England that there was a real crisis, crisis of theology, but crisis of worship or of how were they going to do communion? You know, the vicar um, was the only, only person able to do that and watching their vicar lead communion on zoom 
clearly was not going to cut it with some people, you know, it's a really important practice. So they've had to evolve and work out, actually, we need to work out how we can do this from people's homes. And I think, yeah, we, we talked about COVID quite a lot in terms of, um, you know, so some people just transferred what they were doing um, onto Zoom. Um, you know, even like their vicar in their their library drinking coffee, whatever. What you say, I thought it was quite funny. But others kind of thought, oh, actually, how how can we do this? How can we do this differently? And you know, he alluded to some really interesting stories. But I think there is some there is some pain in it. I, I can't really. It's weird for me. I can't really speak about that because I've I I found the transfer of leaving the kind of leading worship stuff behind absolutely painless the only pain it had was probably a dent on my ego to be quite honest that I wasn't being asked to do things or you know I wasn't getting as many emails to do things or being talked about as much or tagged on Facebook as much that's probably the only thing really but uh yeah what what do you guys think what do you think the pain might be I'd just reflect on what you're talking about there just in terms of saying it was painless for you as well I mean and, but then the, the pains that you've mentioned, maybe not a big thing for you, but I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that some of the ego stuff will be what some of it, some of the, of the tradition stuff, kind of loving an institution and tradition over is that religious sweet tooth stuff, people not able to let things go, mm. um, holding on to power, not trusting other people to lead. Mm. Uh, I think they're all the barriers to movement and probably barriers to imagination. Yeah. It's a really it's brave well. question to ask, though, isn't it? Like, mm. what? Um, how can we do things differently for the sake of the kingdom? You know, for the sake of my neighbour. And I think, I think what's really just that's dr- driven home my reason for doing the podcast was that you know, out of COVID, we got to know our neighbours mm. better. You know, and I think, you know, I you know, I spoke to somebody fairly early on. Um, in, well it wasn't fairly on it's halfway through the, the pandemic and and we're just saying i can't wait for us to go back to it and, and i thought in my mind but society is not going back like culture has changed forever yeah. um and you know we've all gone through this um you know for the sake of my neighbor who's gone through the same thing as me how can we hold space for people to um to heal We better, yeah, so much we could more we could talk about. Um, and I'm sure you who've been listening, um, you know, stuff would have popped out for you that have been relevant for your context and your your journey and what you're up against. And uh, we're really hoping for a, we're hoping for a better world come through the summer and into the end of this new year and that it, that it will change. But we know some things are, are changed forever um so we we, you know we're just so grateful that we've had this opportunity to talk about something that's deeply relevant um to how we posture ourselves and uh how we move amongst our neighborhoods and ultimately create spaces of encounter with one another in community and with god um i think the imagination is such a crucial piece Uh, um i feel really challenged by by what we've been talking about uh, and really disappointed that we can't extend this podcast um but can we not do an after hours yeah we, we could do yeah the producers are really strict on this show yeah oh right i, yeah. I, I can hear him in the in my ear saying mark shut up <laughs> no so mark, be quiet. mark have you got some uh questions for us I do yeah i do um and we really do want this to be not just content, not just like conversation. We want it to be something that you can work with. And, and uh, so here are questions that we hopefully you're getting familiar with now. So firstly, what was, what did you hear? What grabbed you? What was exciting? What was challenging? Uh, what was uncomfortable to hear? Uh, and what did that mean? What does it mean? Um, and then secondly like from everything you've heard and understand understood um, what perhaps is your next steps in your personal life personal in your leadership or maybe with your group of friends or or the people you're doing mission or ministry with what's the next appropriate step for you in reflecting on this or even acting out of this what does imagination creativity look like Uh, if ever there was a time where there was perhaps space and opportunity what does it look like to allow that to um 
be something that at least is reflected upon. Uh, and then lastly is who needs to hear this? Who would you share this conversation with? Who do you need to have this conversation with? Um, so, yeah, we, we encourage you to think about your own personal ministry, personal life, but also in context with others in team and with friendship groups. So there's a, those are our questions. We hope you've enjoyed today. Uh, Dave, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks. It's been good to be here. Would you, we would love to have you back sometime. When? when? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll book you. We'll, we'll do the diary a bit after, Dave. Um, oh okay <laughs> but uh, I'm sure people are not that interested in dates we'll get in contact with you through yeah. Jan Pan yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be great if, yeah yeah anyway let's not, let's not dwell on that we, we've we've loved having you Dave and um, thanks for the interview with Johnny uh, God bless everybody wherever you may be in the world and uh, do give us feedback um, we, 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 it'll be well received take care